Hello and welcome to episode 152 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. With me today, I have a special treat for myself and for you. Uh, in studio, once again, we have our returning champion, <laughs> Willie Frank III. Uh, he, he's here, uh, he's the, the chairman of the Nisqually tribe here in Olympia, beautiful, I guess, Olympia, Yelm, kind of, a, it expands it's a, over. It's uh, all Thurston County. Yeah, Thurston yes. County as a Pierce whole. Pierce County. Pierce County. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he, Willie, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Good, Jeremy. I'm, uh, shoot, I'm always glad to be here to see you, man, just to uh, chop it up and uh, talk a little bit about what, uh, what I've been doing the last few months. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm so happy to have you here, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to to hear some of your your trips and uh adventures you've uh you've been on over these last few months i know since the pretty much since uh the midterm elections you've had some some exciting uh interactions with some folks but um you know first i do want to i want to find out a little bit of history about frank's landing which is kind of you know your family's home um and you know me and brandon actually were were driving through uh probably like a month ago now and he brandon was like no man like frank's landing isn't it's kind of separate from the nisqually tribe it's it's like their own uh reservation if you will i don't know so tell me like what what exactly is frank's landing and let's uh let's hear a little bit of the history of that yeah definitely so in 1917 uh when two-thirds of the nisqually reservation was condemned by Pierce County to make room for Fort Lewis and JBLM. My grandfather, Willie Frank Sr., um, he was bought out of his over 200 acres that he had on the Muck Creek, um, on Muck Creek up on the Nisqually River right here. And uh, he bought six acres of land uh, right on a wagging crossing. The six acres from Wink Bennett, his name was. And, uh, and what year was this? This was 1917 when he bought this land i'm like it's hard to like even fathom that they were still crossing rivers and wagons at that time well, too, and, man. That's and I, wild. I think about it you know you think about where we are today and you know one of the things my grandfather always said is that nisqually indians always lived in paradise before the white man came yeah you know and i think about that a lot and and i you know the world we live in just with the environment and the way people treat each other you know i think about the direction we're going in and the messages and the, you know, the really the responsibility we have to the next generation. And when we talk about Frank's Landing, you know, my grandfather and my father, you know, they went through their own trials and tribulations in their lives. But, you know, you talk to people, they were two of the, the best human beings there were, you know, the way they treated all of us, you know, and there's a reason why I'm saying this, because, uh, you know, my father was born in 1931 and he grew up at Frank's Landing. Um, which is technically about 12 miles off the Nisqually Indian Reservation, um, right on I-5 here, right along, you know, as the I-5 Nisqually River Bridge now goes right over um, the Nisqually River, and Frank's Landing is right off to the right there. You know, and as I think about the history of Frank's Landing, my father, born in 1931, he was arrested in 1945 for the first time at 14 years old for fishing off the reservation. That's what the state of Washington said. And uh, my father, my grandfather, many others, you know, in our treaty, the Treaty of Medicine Creek, 1854, we were promised the right to fish and hunt and gather in our usual and accustomed areas. 
And uh, the state of Washington, unfortunately, they tried to tell us that we had boundaries where we could fish. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for, for everybody who stepped up during that time, you know, to, to get people to understand that, you know, there's no boundaries. These boundaries, we didn't make the boundaries. You know, our usual and the custom grounds are the 80 miles from Mount Rainier to the mouth of the Nisqually River. And that's what I, I truly still, I believe that today, you know, we protect yeah. everything up and down this watershed. And so uh, my father, he kept getting arrested over and over again, you know, uh, God, he'd get out of jail, he'd go back out, they'd go fishing again, you know. And so and how, I, how many times I know there, do you yeah, have like I mean, the number of it times was he was 50 plus times, you know, and it, it was, it was, it started out with the six renegades, they were called. You know, and there's one of them left. His name's Nuji Kautz. He's one of the most honorary guys you'll meet, but he's one of the just, he's a special human being. You know, you, you, you don't. And so your father was one of the. the and six my father, renegades yes, yes. My well. father was one of the six renegades. Uh, his brother, Don McLeod, also. And that's Hanford's grandfather. Okay. And so you met Hanford before. And uh, so when they started getting arrested at Frank's Landing, um, you know, the state of Washington, the game wardens, they'd come down and say, hey, you guys are fishing off reservation. You know, they'd say, oh, bullshit, this is our land. You know, we're fishing here. And so uh, they, they had a fishing in, in the early 1960s, really just to bring awareness to what was going on. And, uh, you know, it started picking up more and more through the 60s, as you saw the civil rights movement that was going on in, uh, you know, the South with Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and everything that was going on. It all tied in together here also, as well as Wounded Knee and just uh, Alcatraz, you know, there was so much rich history and there was that strong activist. They were just, you know, the movement was happening. And it was really about getting folks to understand who in the hell we are as Indian tribes. And, uh, you know, fast forward to 1974 when the U.S. versus Washington, the Bolt decision, you know, and that that Judge Bolt, he recognized our treaty rights and he um, honored them, you know, in a, in a time when uh, we didn't have a lot of people listening. And there's one key historic, historic piece of that case. Um, 1973, they were in court and one of our grandmas from the Suquamish tribe was up and she was testifying. She didn't speak English very well. So our attorneys asked, can, they trans can we get a translator to speak in Lashutsi? And my grandfather was the one who they asked. And so of course, the state of Washington attorney jumped up. Ah, oh, no, you know, we object and, and Judge Bolt allowed it, you know, and, and I get chills when I think about that because my dad, you know, he said before that we didn't really know about Bolt. We didn't know if he was going to listen. He was a conservative judge. I believe he was an Eisenhower appointee. And so they weren't sure. But he listened, you know, and that, you know, that that really set the foundation for who we are as tribes here in the state of Washington. And uh, 1979, fast forward. So 1974, U.S. v. Washington, the uh, Judge Bolt rules in favor of the tribes. 1979, the state of Washington takes it to the Supreme Court level. Um, and another historic piece of this is that my grandfather at the time was, I think, 101, maybe 102. Wow. And he couldn't get to court in Tacoma, you know, the federal courthouse. So court came to him at Frank's Landing. And I don't, I don't know if this has ever happened any other time. Like the, the judge came right in the living room of our house at Frank's Landing. And to think about that, you know, that, that's pretty powerful. 
you know, yeah. to listen to this 100-plus-year-old Nisqually elder who, you know, I can't imagine what he saw in his life, the change of, you know, that we are witnessing even today. I think about that a lot when I'm on the river, you know. And so Frank's Landing throughout the 1960s and 70s, though, that was really the center of the, the, the fight on the river. You know, it okay. was fishermen, they were gathering, you know. it was a, But it wasn't just Nisqually. It was Pialop, it was Yakima, it was Squaxin, it was all of our tribes. And they came together at Frank's Landing. And so this is a, a serious piece of history here. And I didn't learn this until I interviewed one of our longtime employees at the tribe. My grandfather never believed in Nisqually Indian tribe. He believed in the Nisqually Indian community. And I didn't know that because we were one of the last tribes to agree to the Constitution. The BIA set up back in the 1940s and they adjusted it again in the 60s. My grandfather was, I didn't know this though, but he was, we were the last tribe to sign on to that because he didn't believe in that. He believed we were a community. And as you see Jack here, he's from Yakima. He's part of the community. Right. You're part of the community, you know, and that's what he believed in my, my grandfather. And so Frank's Landing really was just a place that it had, it has that historic just uh, value, like what happened in the South in the civil rights. Yeah. One of the areas though, coming out of Bolt was about the history and the education of who we are. And my grandfather believed, you know, our kids need a place, they need a school. They need a place they can go and learn the language, learn our history, but also adapt, adapt to the times. And so right after the Bolt decision, um, the Wahilud Indian School was uh, built right there at Frank's Landing. And so my grandfather, out of the six acres, the original six acres, we still have in federal trust today for my brother and I. And then, of course, we have the Wahilud Indian School down there. And uh, now it goes K through eight. You know, we're teaching the kids. We're teaching the language down there. We're teaching that history. But uh, the original... The original land swap and the, the, the way my, my grandfather got the land, um, you know, was to build a school, you know, because it was JBLM as military land. And so they were able to negotiate a deal for the land. And the greatest thing about that land where the school's at is that if the school is to ever close down to shut down, that goes back to the original, you know, family, the original allotment, you know, and mm-hmm. that was my brother and I. You know, so I think about that rich history and the, the, the laws and the legislation that was passed to recognize Frank's Landing. Because there, were a lot of, there was a lot of jealousy, unfortunately, um, over, you know, just what happened at Frank's Landing. There was a lot of fight, fights, battles, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hurt feelings, you know, just over the years. You know, it was a struggle. I can't imagine what those folks went through growing up. My dad, even my brother, Sugar, you know, I'd love to get him on here. Yeah. Yeah, man, if we time, could get man. him on here to do an interview. Yeah, get, you him, know, get him in. I, I, I got him to do one interview, I think it was in 2018. And like first time he'd ever done it, talked about it. And he broke down at least four or five times. But wow. it was something that, met, that helped him. You know, it was healing because he's never talked about it. And him and I never talked about it. And I know him and, you know, dad never talked about it. And so hearing him though, but... Getting him to understand now, you're that elder. You got to start telling these stories about what you right. experienced, because he, he was one of the only kids at Frank's Landing during that time. So and he's quite a bit older than yeah, you. Yeah, right? he just I think he'll be 62 next month. Okay, yeah. Wow. And so uh, throughout the 1970s, we get the school going, um, and of course we have our smoke shop down there. 
And all of this land is in, it is in, uh, it's trust land that we have down here, uh, the six acres. And so we opened our smoke shop down there. And of course we were the renegades, um, you know, going to Reno, bootlegging liquor and cigarettes and all kinds of stories that I don't want to talk about, but yeah. you know, a lot hearing that good stuff, you know, and these funny stories, but you know, fast forward to the late 1970s, the early eighties and, uh, we uh, were able to work with Senator Inouye, Daniel Inouye, who's a senator out of Hawaii, and work on legislation to recognize Frank's Landing as a sovereign Indian community that no tribe has any jurisdiction over. And that's been a, uh, an issue at times within our own tribe here at Nisqually and other tribes. But, you know, moving forward, I, I believe that, uh, you know, I think about this almost daily if my grandfather didn't buy those six acres of land. I don't even think we'd be here today, to be honest. I I think we'd be here, but it wouldn't be, you know, where we're at today. You know, the opportunities and the, you know, the the just chances we have as tribes. So is Frank's Landing then, uh, with all that history and like you'd mentioned, the uh, sovereignty from other tribes? Like, is are you guys that piece of property? Is that also sovereign from like the federal government? So, well, no, no, not at all. So, um, so with that piece of land. You know, when we went in and we got that legislation to recognize Frank's Landing, there's certain things in there like education. You know, we wanted to make sure that we'd still get funding for the school, federal and state funding. Right. And so there's just all kinds of different things in there talking about, you know, gaming, no gaming down there. You know, that was one of the things my dad put in there because he didn't want to see a casino down there. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've, you know, after he passed away, you know, I had family members. They're still trying to push stuff down there, but you know, it'll never happen. I mean, our, our goal is to protect that river. You know, you protect everything that we have down there. Yeah. And, you know, Frank's Landing really, you know, the Wahilud Indian School, we'll have to get you down. I don't know if you've ever been into the lobby, Jay, but uh, I haven't. the school is just, you know, it's, it's a beautiful school. And, you know, the opportunity we're going to have in the future, I think, you know, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about the direction of the school and, you know, we got to start getting younger people involved like Jack and other, you know, young folks who went to Wahilu. You know, yeah. I think I went to Wahilu when I was in first grade or kindergarten. I think it was for like half a half a month or something like I don't remember why. But, you yeah. know, and, and he, you know, getting people back in, you know, who are committed to to seeing the best education, you know, possible. And that was that was what Frank's Landing is was, you know, really, you know, created for was that school. It was that to so, be able to teach that language. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. I know, um, like when we had Dick <laughs> Trudell on the podcast, he, he talked about having to go to like boarding yeah. school. And, um, I know you've told the story about your grandfather, um, being shipped off to a boarding school, like, you know, yeah. in Tacoma or, or further North and like finding his way home he by just keeping home. the he was seven keeping, years old. Yeah. And keep just keeping the, the, the river. Yep. the river on his, on his right or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, you know what? So was, is that why he wanted to make that school is to like make it so that, that Nisqually kids didn't have to get shipped off or just any kids from I think it was native all kids of from our, the community? all of our Indian kids, you know, because uh, growing up, like, I think I've said this story many times about my father and I'd always ask him, how come you never taught us the language growing up? And he'd say, because your grandfather didn't want us speaking the language growing up because of what happened to him, mm-hmm. you know? And I think about that a lot. I think about where we are today in this as a society, you know, we, we, we made it through the last four years, you know, really of the Trump administration. You know, I feel like that set our whole country back fucking a hundred years, almost as far as the way we treat each other. Yeah, it definitely divided you know, us. It, so. it really did. And so, you know, 
talking about the school and the purpose of what Frank's Landing was, it was exactly what we're seeing today. We're seeing our language in the high schools. We're seeing our language back into the grade schools. North Thurston School District is going to teach Lashutsi language That's amazing. by our own Nisqually teachers. So you're going to be able to take that as a foreign language. It will and... be, yeah. So, and wow. But even also, so they've worked over the last few years to where our kids, when they leave Wahiluton in eighth grade, they'll already go into high school with a language credit because nice. they have taken Lashutsi. That's amazing. You know, and, and you know, that is, that's from my grandpa. You know, that's what his dream was. You know, his dream was to have somebody like Jack, you know, and the work Jack's doing, uh, you know, Shay Squally, she's the fifth council member um, on my council, 30 years old, and Peg used to coach her at Wahilut. Wow. The first or second year Peg was up here, she was coaching Shay, who's a council member now with me. That's and I, crazy. you know, I've watched her grow up and, and that's what this is about. I mean, that's what my grandfather wanted. Right. Seeing us, you know, starting to step up and be ready to lead. And it's not about entitlement. It's not about placing blame. You know, we all grew up different. We all came from different, you know, way, areas of life, you know, but now we're in a time of healing. And the way we can heal as, as Nisqually people and as Native people are, are learning about who we are. Because I think, you know, for us, that that's who that's going to be important for the younger generation to understand what, you know, my father and Dick, many others committed a lifetime for, you know, they committed a lifetime yeah. so we could be here today, you know, sitting here talking about our Nisqually flag hanging at every school in the district. You know, we had a meeting out at the tribe today with Yelm, you know, and they're going to start doing the, the curriculum, you know, the language, but also now we have our own Nisqually curriculum within these schools. The first time ever, what was it? I think about a month and a half ago we passed it and we worked with the, uh, the Bethel school district on this. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, this is, this is stuff that, you know, of course, Peg, you know, with Sam and defense, they've got the Billy Frank junior curriculum, you know, and people are starting to understand the big picture of what we need to do. And, and it's not about who gets the credit. I don't do this, you know, if, if there's somebody else who, if, who wants to be chairman, who's ready to, to, you know, grind and, you know, bring awareness and just take our tribe to a level we've never been. I mean, that that's huge. Though. That takes a lot of responsibility with me, with everybody involved. Yeah. You know, but it's it's what my grandpa got his hair cut off for. You know, it's when he got his mouth washed out with soap for speaking the language. That's what we're doing today. You know, and when I think about these guys, you know, and and. I was telling you a little bit before, you know, just about some of the things we're dealing with at Nisqually, just with the lack of leadership, the lack of accountability, you know, and um, seeing the young leaders step up on council and seeing, you know, folks, you know, they're, they're seeing what's happening and what we need to do. And it's not easy. Yeah. You know, when I, I think when I told you, Jay, when I was going to run for chairman, man, I wasn't running just to stick with the status quo. You know, I ran because I believe in our people. You know, I believe in this next generation, but it's not even about just us. It's about everybody in this area, everybody in this great state that we live in. You know, I, I sit here and I've been on council for 12 years now. 12 years I've been on council. That's crazy, man. And I think about the bullshit that I've seen, <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, okay, I, you know, people have made mistakes. We've all made mistakes in our life. And... Owning up to them is, is rule number one. For me, you know, my, what I've been through in my life, accountability is huge. I was on the front page of the newspaper, you mm -hmm. know, I just lost my mind. 
you know, and, and didn't realize the opportunity that I had and who I was and where I come from. Right. You know, and, and as you think about that here, moving forward, you know, it, it is really, you know, what Frank's Landing stood for and getting people to understand, okay, it's okay if you didn't come from a fishing family. You're still part of the squad, you know, you're still part yeah. of the story, you know, and so it's getting that understanding for the next generation not to carry that hate and that bitterness, you know, and that's why I go back to my father, my grandfather. They did not have a hateful. I don't know how my dad did it, man. I, there'd be days, I mean, I'd be in meetings where he'd, you know, his own family would turn on him all the time too, you know, and so but he'd never get upset. He'd never get angry about it. He just, he had a vision. He knew what he was doing. And I, I, I think about that, and patience is the hardest thing with what we're Man, trying to do. That, that's got to be the toughest part. It of really it all. is. But then I think about it. It goes back to my grandfather. It goes back to that language. You know, this ain't shit what we're dealing with here. As far as it's a, it's more words. It's more like uh, feelings. It's more like, okay, we got to quit being Mitches and we got to get rolling here. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what I see. It's weird. It's a weird dynamic. You know, but. I mean, waking up every day, I'm thankful. Coming over here to see you, man, I always come over here, Jay. I love, I love seeing you, man, because, you know, I get people to really try to understand what's important in life. And yeah. it's, it's hard now. Like, the world we live in, you know, it's a consumer lifestyle we live in. Everybody wants the newest Jordans, the most expensive cars. Right. But, that, you know, does that make you happy? No, it doesn't. You know, and, and I keep, you know, it goes back to the language, though, Jay. You know, hearing that, we, uh, we had a general council meeting in August. It was the first general council meeting in three years. Right. My first meeting as the chairman, and we've never made it through a general council agenda before. Fighting, bitching, moaning, left, right, man. It's like the Hatfield and McCoys. And uh, we talked about it before. So what we did this year is we had the story my grandpa tells of Mount Rainier you know, of our story of Mount Rainier in our language. And that set the tone of calmness. You know, you hear that when you come in, that hate, that negativity goes out the door. I mean, what are you gonna come in and you're gonna, you're gonna bring that hate in when you hear this language and you hear my grandpa telling that story? That's amazing. You know, and so it's getting people to understand, okay, we're not always gonna agree, but we have to be able to live in this community together, respect right. each other more than anything. But we've got oh, a long way to go, that's man. That's beautiful, but. though, man. That, that's, uh, that's really amazing, Willie. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I know, I think we did talk to you right after that first general council meeting um, a few months ago. It was the last time you were on. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I know that, like, after the uh, midterm elections there in November, you got to go back to D.C. and you had some pretty cool interactions. Man, like, yeah. you got to meet... Um, a lot, a lot of uh, native congressmen and women got elected this yes. this kind of go around, and I know you got to to go meet with a few of them while you were out there. And well, uh, yeah, I, talk about what you did out in D.C., man. Man, I've been waiting for this, Jay. I've been waiting to talk about this because <laughs> it was so. It was so. I don't know, man. I'm a dork. I'm like a history nerd, right? Oh, I'm with you. Like man. I literally love D.C. Like I like going to D.C. for the history too. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the museums, and like I'm a huge JFK, yeah, you know, guy. And so like just that rich history, I always like being there. But this time it was, it was something that was more meaningful to me because you know you only get one invite from the tribe, and the chairman or a delegate, whoever, you know, is going to be going. And uh, having the opportunity to represent the Nisqually tribe, you know, as the chairman, 
and thinking about my father, my grandfather, you know, um, he, they were both on council at, you know, at one time in their life. And so now it's being back at the Department of Interior with over 300 tribal chairmen and leadership from all over Indian country. It was really good to see the young leadership within our own tribes. I mean, you're seeing it all over. There's a, there's a few of the uh, kind of old timers, you know, who are still there and like, you know, Chairman Ron Allen for the Jamestown tribe here in the state of Washington is, he's, uh, he's one of my biggest mentors because he's been the chairman for over 40 years of his tribe. Wow. I mean, great human being, but you know, he's still kind of the one up here throughout Indian country, you know, mm-hmm. cause he's been around the longest, you know, getting a chance to hear from President Biden. You know, I, I know a lot of people talk shit about President Biden out there, but I've seen him speak twice. And this guy has been on point both times. Really? I don't know if he just stays on point for the tribes, but man, yeah. like, I mean, but, but it was something that even President Obama, you know, wasn't able to do because the tribes weren't where we are today. You know, and I think the last four years with, you know, the Trump administration and COVID, you know, I, I, COVID has been one of the worst things we could have ever experienced. We know that we lost so many people, but for us at Nisqually is it helped us slow down and see where we are as a tribe and it's you know as as you know a council member and then as the chairman being able to look across the board and just see where areas of improvement that we could have so when we're back in DC hearing about Biden talk about all this funding that's out there for tribes I mean no president has ever committed this much money to Indian country and hearing that you know and hearing Deb Holland, who's our first Native American Secretary of Interior, who's just a badass. Like, I've met her before, but hearing her speak like that in person was just, it was on another level. And, I mean, it was, it's just so powerful. You know, but seeing younger people in the Biden administration who look like us, look like Jack and I, man. I mean, you got guys, you know, you could tell they're young, younger, you know, folks who, uh, younger tribal folks who are just coming up interested in interested in politics they want to be a part of it but the biden minute like you know whatever biden does in his administration i look at him being the greatest president for indian country and that's a lot to say he's not even done but for two years he's given every tribe the opportunity to go out and advocate get you know funding but also reclaim areas of park national parks of our land our usual and the custom areas that have been taken away from us or stripped away from us, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Now with a secretary of interior who comes from Indian country and is able to educate. Yeah, you know, educate the president. But the best thing about I don't know if you've watched his his speech, President Biden's. um, I'll send it to you. Yeah, because one of the things President uh, Biden, you know, he's been uh, he's been in politics. What? hundred years yeah. almost I mean you know right. but uh he he talked about Senator Inouye Senator Daniel Inouye you know who I know Dick talked a lot about when he and was I, on I'll the just show tell you a quick story to. about Senator like this guy was the most I don't even know so this guy was probably like five foot four and he was just this stout little guy who had one arm his arm got shot off in World War Two, and so me being just my family and my parents, like what they did, like Senator Inouye used to come over to our house for dinner with Patricia Zell. And like he'd always was just the most laid back guy. And he was one of the most 
powerful people in the United States government for 30 plus years, you know, and, and and just come to your house for dinner. Yeah. And he'd meet with my dad and it was almost strategizing sessions, you know, and it's not like Olympia is like that. No, not at all. You know, and so like it's a stopover on your way back to Hawaii or something. And so Patricia Zell, who just got, uh, not, she just got elected into the native American hall of fame, 2022. Really? I was able to go back and celebrate with her. She is, uh, she was one of my parents' closest friends, but the Senator, you know, he, he had this deep voice and just this aura about him. You know, he'd come out to Indian country. He went all over, you know, and, and, you know, he taught President Biden 40 years ago. And here we are today, 2022 with, or 2000, I guess 2023 now. But right. we have the Secretary of Interior who is Native American, you know, and this administration, you know, seeing folks, not even, and not just Native American, but indigenous and people of color. You know, right. I, I was able, I was, I felt kind of like, this was the first time I ever felt really cool, right? Like being in my position. And yeah. I met President Obama, who was amazing, but I was like so starstruck. I didn't like crumbled completely, yeah. right? So we're sitting here and I don't remember what one of the speakers were talking. And one of the White House folks who I met, he was out here uh, in the springtime. We hosted an event and uh, he says, hey, uh, I want to take you in the back. And I'm like, oh, okay, the back. I'm like. You know, that's where all the real leaders go. Yeah, like, right. Like the ones who've been there, like I'm not there. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm young still. Yeah. I, I don't like being in front of a lot of people still. But uh, he br- brings me back there. And, and one of the, um, I believe she was the OMP director for the uh, Biden administration. She's like, you know, I worked with your dad for 30 years, you know, and she was an African-American lady. She goes, I worked with Norm Dix. You know, she goes, I know all about you guys. Good old Norm, bro. Yeah. And, and but but just that history. You know, having people like that who know our story, who are willing to listen to our story. Yeah. You know, and and basically what I heard from that trip back there. All right, Indian country tribes. Get your shit together. The money's here. The money's available. The infrastructure. What are we doing? What do we want to do as tribes? And that's what I'm trying to get, you know, our own council to, to understand. You know, it's almost it's really tough, Jeremy, because it's almost like it's easy to play that victim role because of everything that's happened to us over those years. And one of the things I learned about, you know, 19 losing my mom, you know, 32 losing my dad, going fucking AWOL, 32, you know, and bouncing back and being the chairman now, you know, and there's still a lot of haters out there. The haters are always going to hate. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's like being accountable to myself is the, that's the biggest thing in my life. Because if I'm not accountable to myself, I can't be the chairman of my tribe. Right. I can't be your friend. I can't be the husband I want to be, you know, because really, I mean, it is. And, and what I see is people just not willing to not willing yet to, you know, accept some things or deal with things. You know, one of the things I've learned about as chairman, man, I'm trying I'm you know, I'm one of the guys who doesn't pick a side. You're you know, we're we're going to start making changes. We're going to change policies, procedures, laws to make sure that they fit the needs of Nisqually today. Right. 2022, you know. Getting people to understand the responsibility we have is huge. The, you know, the values that we need to set into the next generation. You know, I feel like we, one of the areas that we really, you know, have been suffering the last, you know, 30 plus years is within our own kids, you know, within our kids, our own tribal kids, you know, and we, I was very, very, very lucky to have two amazing parents. You met my parents, Jeremy. Yeah. I mean, they were just two of the most amazing parents. You know, I mean, it's the oddest combination. 
My dad was a uh, Nisqually Indian who grew up at Frank's Landing along the Nisqually River. And my mother was a Jewish woman from Detroit, <laughs> you know, this and the fact crazy. that they, you know, they met, they fell in love, you know, here I am. But that that history, you know, of, of what we have to do for the next generation, you know, we got to teach them, we got to educate them and really teach them right from wrong, because common sense gets us a long ways in this world, you know, and it's almost like it, we've we've turned into kind of the I, I mentality where it's just about me, me, me. You know, and as the chairman, yeah, it's not about me. Never has been, never it's will about, be. It's about the people, It's right? about the people, but it's also about, you know, setting a new standard. And it's not saying anything's bad about any other, the, the, uh, the past or anything. It's just the way I was raised and what I see the potential we have. Yeah. I see we... Nisqually Tribe can take over this whole area, man. I love it, man. And, you know, uh, and, it, and it's just taking the lead by example. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, and, you know, you talked about that the money's there you gotta you guys gotta kind of figure out how what the best path is what do you want to do like what what needs to be done like what what would you say needs to be done for tribes to like be in that place where not not that they're all playing the victim mentality no no not by any um, no like what what do they need to do to kind of convert and to be like all right let's go man let's be proactive well i i can't speak for any other tribe but i can speak for nisqually you know, what I see is that we have a great council right now, young council, and it's going through and seeing the people within our, you know, um, within the administration who understands the messaging that we're trying to do, the big picture of this area and telling our story, you know, like, like there's funding out there for, um, you know, infrastructure, whether we want to, you know, fix all the roads, all the, the, anything that's wrong up on, you know, on, on the reservations, you know, and I know for us, we're a small reservation, we're a checkerboard. You know, some of the big tribes in the Dakotas, Wyoming, you know, they got they got real issues that need, you know, maintain maintenance. And that's who I su I support these guys, too, man. You know, for us, if yeah. we don't if we don't have it together, that's on us. You know, there's tribes who don't have the administration that, you know, the people that we have, the jacks of the world, you know, right. or whatever it is. Right. You know, <laughs> but but it really is. It's it's getting these tribes to understand we have to we have to be on offense. Really, we can't play defense anymore. You know, I, I always go back to the sports mentality because I just, I played hoops. I played so much hoops, my knees hurt now. But it's like, you know, we're always playing defense as tribes, you know, and, and Hanford and I talk about that a lot, and Peg and I talk about that. It's like, shit, we got, I like playing offense. I hate playing defense on basketball, man. I like shooting the ball, you know? And so I think it's really coming together. And, you know, my hope here in this great state that we live in is that our tribes will, come together and, and have a conversation about the big picture. And I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, I don't have a, you know, there's no, I, I think what the world we live in, Jay, I think everybody's afraid to look, I don't know, maybe look bad or, you know, style, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like that Indian cool, you know, that's how my buddy Jossie always said it, man, Indian cool. And it's like, we want to look Indian cool. We don't want to look bad, of course, but it's like, we got to put our, foolish pride aside at times you know and admit when we make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes nobody's fucking perfect in this world right. you know we know that but it's like getting everybody to understand come to the table with an open mind and more importantly like an open heart you know that's what that's that goes back to my grandpa again i was just gonna i was gonna say the same thing man it goes it, back to that community it, right? it does it goes back to to who we are 
you know, and, and I've, I've just witnessed so much in my first like 18, 19 months as chairman, you know, about hearing, you know, the Indian way and, you know, this or that about, you know, oh, well, we don't, we don't want to hire white people, you know, because they're white. It's like, well, I support hiring our own people 100% when they're qualified. Yeah. You know, for me personally, I, I don't think I could be like a, a physicist. I don't think I could run our housing program. I don't know enough about housing or some of these right. programs. So it's like getting people to, to be okay with trainings, with growing, with more opportunity. I always feel like my brain's always going. And so like, I'm always thinking about just different ways for us to grow and, like, I think my council probably the first six, seven months probably like started blocking my texts at like, cause I'd be texting late at night, man. I mean, just thinking though, you know, seeing yeah. where we are as a tribe, but even now, you know, uh, as we grow more and more, I mean, you know, we're, we're making some pretty big and dramatic changes that are going to, you know, probably piss a lot of people off, but they're what's best for the tribe and the, and the next generation. And it goes back to our kids. We got to value our kids. We got to show our kids love. We got to show them that they have people that they can trust in their life that are going to be there for them. You know, my niece, you know, taking, taking, uh, our niece when she was, you know, 13 years old, 12, 13 years old, seeing her grow, seeing her, you know, with the healthy foundation, seeing her, what she's capable of, you know, balling out, going to school, getting good grades. But it's about, you know, showing these kids that they are, cherished and like i said my parents were amazing and i want to value all these kids but these kids, everybody has to understand we all play a part within our community we're, we're not all chiefs like we don't even use the word chief you know i think our last chief was chief leshai you know but that's not it's not about power it's not about control we're not fucking narcissists right. you know we saw what what the world <laughs> is ran by by a narcissist here mm-hmm. in the america you know and that's not who we are, and that's that mentality that I always like to call it. That's the old politics, that that fear-based, you know. And I'm I'm done with that shit. Yeah. You know, we're kicking that shit right out the door. Right. And so out. the best thing about it is, you know, do the right thing. You know, start to, start at the basics, the foundation of who we are. And teaching the kids is the what's right from wrong. And yeah. Doing the right thing, I love that. And like you, you know, like to get back to that, I mean it. You know, they say, like, there's that old saying, like, it takes a village to raise a child, right? So, 100%. Like, that's, I was just talking with uh, that's legit. one of our, our good friends, you know, who, who she took in a couple of uh, her nieces. You know, we were talking, I was talking to her today, you know, and she was just, you know, it was, it, a lot of the times I don't get a chance to talk with people, like, as Willie, you know, they're talking right. to me as the chairman, right. you know, and so it felt good today to, to talk with her about that, you know, and just hear her side of things about some of the concerns she has. You know, and so that that's good, but it's it, it does. It starts with these kids, man. I and Jack, how how old are you, Jack, real quick? Twenty six. Twenty six, man. I'm forty. So Jack was uh in probably high school when I was still playing hoops. Yeah. But I remember Jack at Wahilu, you know, like I remember him and in, in, in Aztec. I remember them both as as that's young awesome. kids down there, you know? <laughs> and so it's it's funny to see that. But you know, I I I wanna I want people who wanna come to work every day. I want people who bring positive energy and just good, just goodness to, you know, the community. You know, there's so much uh, anger and hate in the world, you know, healing is huge for us. No, I I hear it, man. Uh, I'm I'm just so proud of what you're doing, man, and and everything that you've accomplished 
um, everything you've been through to, to come back and accomplish all the stuff that you're doing now is, is truly remarkable, man. Um, before we finish up, though, definitely want to know, get an update on the statue of your father oh, yes, that's yes. going uh, going to be in Statutory Hall there at the U.S. Congress. Of course. So we had uh, we did uh, interviews yesterday, the four artists, and I think we will have a choice by next week. Man, um, that's exciting, and bro. All four brought something different, and it was re- it's hard. I, I still haven't decided which artist yet, but you know they all brought something and. Just thinking about this, and I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've, it's fully hit me yet, you know, that, that my dad is going to be a flipping statue in Washington, D.C. I mean, so amazing. And, man. and it's, you know, I was at the, our first, uh, we had our first North of Falcon meeting where we started talking about our fishing, you know, quotas for this season, you know, and we talked about just the, you know, where we are fishing and thinking about, you know, the environment and, you know, I, I look at successes that, you know, for tribes needing to understand the success of having a statue in this state of one of our own, who was, as we talked about, 50 times in his life by the state of Washington, he was arrested. Now he's going to be recognized. But we got to make sure we can't let the state off the hook on this when it comes to our natural resources, when it comes to our tribal treaty rights, and yeah. it, when it comes to co-management. Because I... I I don't want my dad representing this state if we're not going to work together. And that's what goes back to the old bullshit of politics, you know. And so it's looking out there and seeing good people on both sides of the aisle, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. You know, if you uh, if you really care about this area and, and the environment, you know, you're going to do what's, what's best for it. You know, and I, I was telling you before that I did an interview with Jim Wilcox about a month ago, and uh, I'll send it. I'll send it to you because, yeah. you know, hearing – Jim's interview where he talked about how he was terrified of working with, you know, he thought the tribe was going to come in and, and, but that was that mentality. But then once him and my dad sat down and they started talking and getting to know each other, they became best friends, you know, and, and Jim, I'm real quick, this is off the subject, but Jim Wilcox, I think Jim is in his early eighties, mid eighties, maybe. Okay. And, uh, so for, you know, Jim is, uh, the Wilcox eggs farms, you know, right. Jim's the, uh, the, the matriarch, he's the boss. So, uh, but he's one of the most best dressed folks I've ever seen. <laughs> so we go to Washington DC before COVID. We were, we go back the tribes, state folks, um, you know, uh, agriculture farmers, we all go back together and we advocate together for Puget sound funding, you know, making sure everything gets cleaned up, stays clean. And yeah. so, Jim was back there the last time I think we went was 2019 and Jim uh it was funny Jim uh comes in and he's just dressed to a tee and man Russ Hefner the vice chair of Lower Elwha and I were both just like man this guy's just styling so every time I see him he's always dressed to a tee but it, it goes back to that older generation my dad every day every day he dressed to a tee yeah you know he had his cowboy boots he had his shirt tucked in his belt buckle you know he was always ready to go mm-hmm. and i think that's that mentality we got to get back to of setting that professionalism no we're not better than anybody else you know but it's about setting that new bar man it's about just taking us to another level i love it man i do love it um and yeah we're i can't wait to um i'll, I'll try to get some of the pictures from peg too because i did see on her Instagram, your wife Peg uh, had posted some, uh, maybe on the Salmon Defense uh, Instagram page, some 
some of the uh, re- artist renderings of what the statue may look like uh, once once it goes into uh, into the uh, into the statutory hall there. So I'd love to get some of those, and then we can definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. so we we haven't even really thought about the swag yet. You know of what we're going to start oh, doing, but we're, there's a lot of uh, things we've been thinking about. So I think once we get okay. the artist chosen, then we'll. Uh, I think it'll start moving fast. So perfect. Jack will be busy. We got to get. We got to get on that coin. Oh yeah, okay. so Jack can show you. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I'll have you. Have you we'll do that off up. the record. Though. We yeah, do absolutely, off. absolutely. And we, yeah, we'll definitely uh, put some of those in the sh- uh, podcast show notes here and. Um, yeah, man, I, I just, I, I love anytime we get to get to chat. Willie, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Nah, Jay, I or think, that... uh, shoot, man, there's so much we could talk about. I know, man, man. we could uh, do this for hours. I'll, I know. Uh, I'll go home. We figure out another <laughs> week or two and come back, you know, and talk about some other stuff. We really do got a lot of exciting things going on. Man, in this I'm quality. just, I'm blown away by the history well, that we just went over. The, and... Even that. So Monday we got a and real quick last, we're closing out on this Monday. We got the, uh, we're doing the opening for the 2023 legislative session and the Squally tribe was uh, asked to come down. I believe, uh, I think Squawkson's going to be there too, or our medicine Creek tribes and do the welcoming. So we're going to, you know, open up in a good way with a prayer in the, you know, at the Capitol, you know, this will be nice. right in when, when is this going to, this will be Monday at a, at 12 when they do the, you know, the whole start of the, the session. Oh, man. You know? And so we're doing the welcoming. We'll have our canoe family there. You know, we did it back with for Senator McCoy and Representative Lekanoff um, years ago, and to hear those drums and that language being spoken goes right back to my grandpa. Beautiful. Because man. our vice chairwoman Antoinette Squally, um, who's one of our language keepers, that's who she, that's who we still learn from is my grandpa, his recordings, his teachings. I love it. You know, and and to hear our language being spoken, you know, back in D.C. and real quick back on that White House visit. The first and the one of the top most important topics was language and re- revitalizing our native languages. So there's a lot of funding out there for that also, you know. And so, you know, getting it out there. We have our own kids' books now. Our school. I'll have to bring them over next. See, yeah, we got so much to talk about, Jay. We got so much to talk definitely about. Definitely do that. And I know, uh, so also Monday you said uh, you're going to be making the first bet at the Oh, the yeah, Red hey, Wing hey, Casino, I got uh, to give, uh, I don't know, book. I might get in trouble for this, but it's oh. all good, but. You know, uh, 10 a.m., I think I'm uh, making the first bet in our new sports book out at the Red Wing Casino. I love it, man. I'll yeah, be, I'm going to so, be there for that, you for know, sure. I don't know who I'm betting on or how this – I don't even know how to bet, but, like, we'll figure something out. That's the day out. of the national title game, man. Oh, shoot. Oh, okay, Georgia, let's go. Georgia plus four – or minus 14 for sure. No, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, that'd don't be the – Don't take my advice no, that'd be, I was, that'd be the one day TCU pulls an upset, I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you for coming out. Thank you, Jack, for coming out and uh, and recording this uh, for us on on video. We're getting might be stepping up our game. We're over stepping here, it up, man. Jay. I love it. But uh, yeah, until next time, uh, if you guys could go like, rate, review, and share this podcast, we would appreciate it. Uh, Holy Frank the Third. Till next time, my friend. Thank you again. Yep, Jay. Happy holidays and uh, what are we in? Happy. 2023 three bro be a good year man yeah all right till next time guys